Report.com on this uh, Thursday edition of the Peter Report podcast, where we get to talk about whatever we want, Matt, because the boss isn't here. No Scott Reynolds on the show today, so we are living large and we're doing whatever. We might even talk some NBA trade deadline, dude. That's how reckless we're getting on this podcast. I'm with it. I'm down. It's uh, you know, the parents are away. It's a house party <laughs> that that we're having. <laughs> and but you know what? What better way to end the defense? or the, the defensive section of this podcast with the positional outlook, then with the safety position. Yes. A position that was a catalyst at many times this year for the Bucks defense, and there's a huge question with Jordan Whitehead. Can Mike Edwards fill in and be an every-down uh, starting safety? We'll get into all of that, but it's very exciting to talk to you as always, John. Yes, it is. it is wonderful to talk to you, especially today because – I wasn't sure whether the Knicks were going to make a move and trade for somebody. They didn't they do a damn play. thing. <laughs> they sat on their keisters, didn't do a thing. Their star player, who I never wanted them to re-sign, doesn't even follow the team anymore. He's essentially the Kyler Murray him. of Get the him. NBA right now. The Knicks got a little taste of success last year, making the playoffs. Now they haven't done anything. That's so it's right. BS. Maybe they'll get Zion soon the next season. Who knows? But uh, next big we're here move, to talk about. Yeah, we're here to talk about football. Next, yeah, that's true. Next big move might be uh, Knicks firing their coach. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Who just won know. Coach of the Year? Who just year. won Coach of the Year? But NBA's like that. NHL like that sometimes, man. It's crazy in those streets. Uh, Leo with the five dollars. Leo Super starting us off. Hey guys, before you start. Why is it that every single Brady rumor comes from some person in New England? They really act like the psycho ex-wife. I have no I only hear about these Brady rumors from Bucks fans who tweet at me and tag me and thing in with other New England people. So you probably don't even know. Are you even aware of what Leo's talking about here, Matt? Not necessarily, unless he's just talking about that Brady. I Brady saw one over like, in Tampa right, yeah. So that's the one I saw, which that just yeah. kind of seems egregious. Like Bruce Aaron is the most laid back coach of all time that and lets Tom yeah. do whatever right. he wants to do. So I really don't think that's the case. If it's yeah. anything else, I, I, as far as like Brady maybe re- returning, like that's not really anything New England specific. That's just yeah. Brady in general. Thank you. No, I think that that's absolutely all that it is, unless, correct me if I'm wrong, Leo, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that's the whole deal, basically, at this point, is like New England people, I don't know who, I don't want to put them all in the same right ridiculous bucket, but uh, whoever it is, I don't even know which ones it is, honestly, like, I don't even know who the main culprits here are, but there have been, apparently, this has been for the last, like, three weeks, been tweeted to me constantly, that like, oh, what about all these rumors, like, about this, like, please tell these New England people what's up, and I mean, like, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be talking to, but, like, it's just not even true. Like, I don't know where this even came from. Like, there's absolutely nothing to do with why Brady retired. It's just such yeah. a ridiculous idea. I think it like, had everything to do with his family. He wants to be with his family. He spoke a right. ton about, you know, his kids are growing up, and he wants to be there exactly. for all of the events in their life. I really think that's simply what it came down to. Yeah. It wasn't like Brady was deciding, like, ooh, should okay. I go back to the box or, like, fake a retirement, come back, and then go to the Niners or, like, whatever. Right other teams out no, there. No, yeah, the, uh, people need, this is, people have to understand, this is the dry spell of that, the season. And, like, and that's why the Kyler Murray thing was so big. Yes. Not only that he hates the Cardinals, but he's he's retweeting on Instagram yeah. the, the Mike Evans post. So like right. the, there's a direct line to, oh, yep. he wants to and come to the Look, Bucks. that is literally the life and breath right now of most Bucks covers. Like I've seen multiple radio segments about it. I've seen many tweets about it from Bucks writers. And I think today or yesterday, maybe I saw a story. Did Greg Allman do a story on it? I think even like about how it's not going to happen, which obvious, you know, I should be obvious. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that today. So they, I mean, everybody's going to take this stuff and stretch it as far as they can. And in New England, they're no different. They're looking for anything they can get, and t- and they're going to stretch it as far as they can. So you're going to hear everything if you're tuned into what they're saying up there, John. I, I, th- I think it is too, and I'm I'm not blaming Bucks fans here. By the way, happy one year anniversary to the Buccaneers parade, which was, as I tweeted before, not just an iconic moment in Tampa history, but an iconic moment in sports history when Tom Truth. Brady 
through the trophy across the boat that was caught by Cam Brate and the rest of the receivers and, and tight ends boat that was on there. Happy anniversary. That, that was an awesome moment. But I think yeah. Bucks fans have gotten so accustomed to, you know, Pan, Pandora's box opened when Brady got here. Because not only did Brady sign with the Bucks, but then he brought in Gronk and they got Leonard Fournette and they got Richard Sherman and they got Antonio Brown and they got Le'Veon Bell. So I think it became that once all these players started coming here and a big reason for that was because of Brady. And I'm not saying future free agents would not come here now because he's not in red and pewter anymore, but right. because they're able to get all of these guys, it's just opened the door for, Oh, this person slightly has any interest with the box. They can get them. We can sign this guy. We can get Russell Wilson. We can get Aaron Rodgers. It's not always the case, especially here with Kyler Murray, but um, you know, it keeps, it keeps hope springing eternal as they say. Right. No, it does for sure. And uh, it gets people buzzing about something, um, you know, at this time of year, which is really everything for a lot of me. Yeah, let's just getting them talking and buzzing about <laughs> anything. But somebody asked about Brady's contract. Uh, Gary asked, is Brady under contract with the Bucks still if he unretires? Uh, yes, this is true, Gary. Let me just address this real quick. Hopefully some clarification for people who don't uh, know about this kind of stuff, because I had to actually ask exactly how it would work. So I asked Brad Spielberger, our, our go-to guy for cap situations and questions with contracts. And I said, so how does it work with Brady's contract if the Bucs think he could change his mind and return in the summer? <clears throat> Excuse me. And Brad said they probably weren't going to process anything until June 2nd anyway. So that helps. If he wanted to return after that and they process the cut, would have to be a new deal. So until June 2nd, none of it really matters anyway. So you know, if Brady decided after that point, then it could be an issue until June 2nd, though. It wasn't going to, it's not going to be an issue. If he decides to come back, it's going to be as a member of the Bucks. Um, he said, uh, for example, Leonard Floyd didn't get an extension done before his 2020 deal voided this past offseason. So he has a dead cap charge and a real charge on the Rams books this season. Uh, so sometimes that have to, happens if they brought him back after cutting him, they'd have to carry his cap hit until June 2nd. So that complicates things in terms of the off the space this offseason. But he said they could drop his salary from 8.9 or 8.9 million basically down to the minimum to clear some room in the meantime. So they still can clear cap room for this offseason to spend just by restructuring what his salary looks like um, and dropping it down to the minimum and moving the 8.9 mil to something else or whatever. Um, so he said they what I said, and if they were certain he's not coming back at all, they could treat his contract differently. Uh, to create a little more space right now, correct? And I, he said they drop the salary down, remove his roster bonus, but still wait until June 2nd to keep 24 mil of the signing bonus prorations in 2023. Happens with Breeze last year and likely could happen with Roethlisberger this year as well. Um, so that, it sounds like there are – basically they're going to clear some cap space. This it's, It remains to be seen exactly how much, but probably about 9 mil, could be a little bit more uh, by making a move, some type of move with his contract. But – Long story short, without getting too detailed, he's going to be a buck until after June 2nd. Then if he wants to stay retired after June 2nd, then they process it, him being off the team at that point in time, they could cut him loose and, and probably save some money if they need to. So we'll see what ends up happening, but not nothing to worry about right now. I would assume he'd probably make a decision sometime around June, hopefully, and communicate to the Bucks whether he was staying retired or not. So Should we start um, the uh, Bucks cut Brady story? Yeah. I mean <laughs> – that's actually yeah, that might be a might be a headline hitter. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Brandon says Celsius made it to the West Coast. Grab my did. first Let's this go. morning from a Seven Eleven in Seattle this morning. Productive Love Seattle area. Sure. Been there twice. Love the wow. Seattle area. Hope yeah. the Bucks go there. Brandon, again. two questions for you: Was it raining? And because I've heard that's all does in Seattle. Was it raining? And and what flavor Celsius did you yes. get? Because I don't know if you know this, but Celsius powers active lives every day. With essential functional energy, and I'm rocking the wildberry today. And what do you have there, Matt? That I got orange? the jackfruit. The I've jackfruit. been on a jackfruit kick. Jackfruit kick, yes, mm -hmm. uh, exactly. Uh, those are uh, both outstanding flavors. But Celsius, what's amazing about them is their energy drinks that come in a variety of awesome flavors with no sugar. They accelerate metabolism and they burn body fat. And you can get them a variety of different ways as well. Uh, if you look here on the screen, you'll see. Uh, wildberry, Fuji apple pear, orange, uh, tropical vibe, peach vibe, uh, straw, uh, watermelon, and then of course, strawberry guava. Now, here's the thing if you're into the strawberry guava, which everybody is, if you haven't heard, everybody's doing it. Uh, the strawberry guava right now, 
this is a great time to be into the strawberry guava because a Valentine's Day is coming up. And until Valentine's Day, you can register to potentially win yourself some free Celsius, free case of strawberry guava, sparkling strawberry guava, uh, Celsius energy drink. Right now, all you have to do is go to the link in the YouTube description. That's it. Go to the link in the YouTube description. Click that link. You put your name and your email in there and you get entered into a drawing. I think they're going to draw five winners. Um, so make sure you go ahead and jump in and do that. It's the last show for this week. So it'll be the last reminder we give you probably unless you follow us on Twitter or one of those platforms. Jump in, grab that link, sign yourself up. It takes literally 10 seconds um, and get yourself a chance to win yourself some sparkling strawberry guava. One of the best flavors that Celsius has out there. And Brandon says he tried mango passion fruit, which is exclusively... Yes, at the 7-Elevens right now. So I am... Wise choice. Yes, I am making it a point. I stopped the other day at the one near me, and they, they were out of it because people were <laughs> going that crazy with the mango passion. They're passionate about the mango passion fruit. So I hope it tastes a good brand. That's one of the only flavors I have not tried from Celsius, but I'm going to um, try uh, soon. Okay, so JC says, if they cut Brady, his cap hit jumps to 32 mil, putting the bucks around 11 mil over the cap, right? They're definitely not going to... Cut Brady just straight up. That's not uh, definitely not yeah. an option um, for them at this point in time. Uh, what if Brady post retirement June second or before second? Only eight mil cap hit in twenty. This is a little bit confusingly written. I think this is what we were saying though, Eric. Is this what we were saying? Like that with the cap hit uh, twenty four next year? Yeah, I think they can restructure and shape change the way that that shapes a little bit in terms of the cap hit. Like that's what I think if they if they drop that his uh, current salary down um, for the season. Uh, so that's probably the route that they'll go. Okay. Let's talk about safeties. Um, right now, Jordan Whitehead is slated to be a free agent. PFF yes. projects him to make a, get a three-year deal on the open market, I believe, at $6 right million around, per yeah, year. Yeah, right around right $6, around six per million year. per year. Uh, that needs to be up. That will be updated. That was uh, put in there, I think, around the beginning of December, middle of December. Something like that. Um, they also they have him. Yeah, they also have him ranked as the sixth best, sixth best available yeah. safety um, that's available in free agency this year. So, yes. know, interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Some people might balk at that who are Bucks fans, but it is a very hot safety market. Marcus Williams is one of the best free safeties in the league, whether we like it or not. Whether you, no matter what you think of Jordan Whitehead, the reality is that free safeties tend to get paid more. I know Jamal Adams, everybody's going to scream exception, Boom. but people think Jamal Adams was also God for some reason. So, you know, but Marcus Williams, free safety is going to get paid. Jesse Bates, free safety is going to get paid. Both those guys are free agents and could get, or uh, Williams already got tagged. Bates could get tagged, probably will. Tyron Matthew is another one, free safety plus slot plus blitzer plus. You know all of the above. Now, what's his health situation, and what's in? He's obviously older too, so that could uh, have an impact on Matthew's market. Marcus May, capable what of playing both safety spots, really, but free safety for the most part with the Jets and dealing um, with teammates with huge egos who are overrated. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and Quandre Diggs, who is the better safety in Seattle? Wow, we're just getting Jamal Adams good today on the show. It feels great, honestly. Um, it's the off season. Yeah, Diggs is is also free agent. So those are five free safeties that are all going to hit the market and all probably going to get paid more than Jordan Whitehead. So what's the market for Jordan Whitehead? A, safeties typically don't do great on the market, period. Like the end of pretty much end of story, unless you're a, a game changing, a ball hawking free safety that can allow your team to play single high or rotate to single high way more often than not. Those guys get paid. Everybody else usually doesn't, unless people think you're Jamal Adams. Um, Whitehead. He's one of the best run to run stopping safeties, one of the best yes. box safeties in the league. Period. You could say he's the best. I wouldn't bat an eye. I mean, he's that good at it. But he's not really a single high guy for the most part. He's okay in two high shells. His coverage has gotten a lot better, no question about it. He's at his best in underneath zones. He's a good dimebacker type of player, overhang overhang type of player, zone heavy schemes he could play in the slot. So there's some there's some details to his fit probably. I don't think that six mil is crazy for Jordan Whitehead. I think. It might be at seven, but I think that's about his going rate. And I think that the Bucks can get him back for that that rate, Matt. When I saw the six million projections, I was like, oh yeah, like sign me up for that. I think Jordan Whitehead can make an impact on another team, but because he's so used to the system, I think Jordan Whitehead to the Bucks is even more impactful than if he were to sign somewhere else and be like the quote unquote the guy in their defense. Because even at safety, Jordan Whitehead isn't necessarily 
the guy because Antoine Winfield is there. And you already said it, but I and I do think Jordan Whitehead is much better in coverage than he was to begin his career. But I the first thing I think of if they if the Bucks were to lose Jordan Whitehead is the fact that how much is that really going to hurt the Bucks' run defense? Because he is so stout in the run game. Yeah. And he more than anything else, he brings that energy. He hits hard. He's almost like an old-school safety in that sense. You never really see the hard hits now. But 9 out of 10 times, if you're seeing a Bucks player make it, it's going to be Jordan mm-hmm. Whitehead. So I think you have to factor in, too, Jordan affecting the run game, especially, too, like who's going, going to be the other defensive tackle next to Vita Vea? If, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if Dom Sue isn't back and the Bucks try to figure that out, could be a young defensive tackle. We'll see where they go with that. But it's almost a domino effect of, well, if they lose a defensive tackle, now if they lose Jordan Whitehead, the Bucs have predicated their defense since Todd Bowles has been here about stopping the run. And especially right. if you lose a guy like Jordan Whitehead, then they almost lose their identity to a degree. I'm not going to say all the way, but they lose mm-hmm. a big part of what they you know, stand their defense on. Right, yeah, I mean... The, the biggest thing with Jordan Whitehead is how doable the deal might be. Like, this is not going to yeah. break the bank for the box pretty much no matter what. Even if his price is a little bit higher than this, it's a very doable deal because you think about the structure of the deal, too. The structure of the deal can be flexible. You can bump him slightly now. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick, right? So, like, you're anything you give Crazy, him is a right? huge pay increase for him in his first year. So, this is a totally different deal than structuring a Ryan Jensen deal or, or something like that. Even Alex Kappa with his rate. It's a very reasonable rate. Um, it's a it's for a player who's been very good and is ascending for you. Knows his best fit is probably there. The only catch with Jordan Whitehead is this, uh, uh, Matt. How much do the Bucks value him? Period. Pretty much just full mm-hmm. stop. Because although Jordan Whitehead plays a lot of snaps for the Bucks, it is worth noting they had him off the field at the end of the Rams game, and and that was an obvious you know coverage situation. And in 2020, they did have him off the field in some of those spots at times. That was less the case in 2021, but there are also a million injuries, so it's hard to tell. Do they do they feel like he got better? I think he got better. I I I, do, I would not have him off the field in any situation, and I like Mike Edwards, who we'll talk about in a second. But that is going to be the question: Do the Bucks value him a ton? Now, most games he played 100 percent of snaps, and the other part of the question is going to be: Does Jordan Whitehead value the Bucks a ton? It was he tweeted out obviously after that two days after the game, basically he was still hot and he was like should have yeah. been out there in crunch time. Then deleted the tweet, which is a very typical Jordan Whitehead movie. He's a very emotional guy. But you know what? I appreciate players that wear their heart on their sleeve. And, you know, you may be feeling some way. Maybe you shouldn't tweet Mm -hmm. it out and then you go and delete it. But, you know, I'm fine with that. He's clearly a very passionate guy. And um, Jordan Whitehead, again, I've had him as a player. I know the Bucs didn't win the Super Bowl this year. But he still falls into this category of coming off a team that has had success. You tend to overpay for certain guys. And I think Jordan Whitehead is like that perfect candidate. Like him and Leonard Fournette are two perfect guys of, hey, they played well, maybe even outplayed expectations of everyone. And therefore, they're going to get a nice fat contract from another team that I'm not saying they don't deserve, but it's just going to be a little bit out of the Bucks, you know, price range. Right. It, the whole thing gets very interesting for the Bucs past the Jordan Whitehead level. Like Jordan yeah. Whitehead, affordable, no matter what anybody tells you, the Bucs can pay him easily, structure the contract easily. All of it works for the money-wise. It's not a cap concern whatsoever in terms of re-signing Jordan Whitehead. The only concern is it, it's a it's a multi-layered concern. There's a lot of ways the Bucs can go with this. If they don't want, if they don't, if they say, you know what, we'd rather just do this or we don't really value him, we don't think he's that type of player for us like which they probably run defense so much i really do think they're going to value him and i think they'll try to get him back but the reality is that they could say we want to play antoine winfield closer to the line of scrimmage we need to go get a free safety and mike edwards can be our third safety still and we want to go get a free safety so we're going to take that six mil we're going to pay you and we're going to go pay marcus may you know who is probably going to be looking at a one-year prove it well yeah so well, that's what I was thinking. Exactly. So that, I mean, that's one big thing is he's coming off a very serious injury. I mean, we kind of saw how different mm-hmm. position and bulls drafted him, right? Different mind. What did bulls draft? Um, I think, I'm yeah, pretty I think, sure that yeah. Was bulls. yeah, that was, him. it might've been bulls. Yeah. yeah. Last yeah. year, but I think you saw it here in Tampa, like OJ Howard coming back from Achilles injury. 
he wasn't the same guy. I'm not saying that's every case is different, so that it might not be the same with Marcus May. But you bring in a guy like Marcus May who can maybe do a little bit more than Jordan Whitehead did. But if he outplays his contract, well, then he's only here for a year. It's like, are, right. do you want to invest in guy for one for one season, or do you want to find the next guy that can really, um, you know, you can build a sustained great defense with? Which yeah. uh, I think I would probably be, be more a little bit in favor of. And you already said Anton Winfield Jr. I love when he's at the line of scrimmage. I love when he goes after the quarterback. Obviously, yeah. support for him to stop the run. But I really think the huge caveat is how much do the Bucks trust Mike Edwards? Because you know, I know they love him uh, in the in pass coverage. He's a ball hawk. Obviously, he led the team in interceptions. He had two pick sixes. Everyone loved that. But he's also missed a lot of tackles, which is a huge no-no. Across it's gotten NFL, better. It's gotten better, to be fair. Like it's gotten it, way better. It, it has him. gotten better, but I think you even saw it down the stretch of the season in the, the playoff game against the Eagles, too. Edwards missed some tackles there. Um, so how much can he really defend the run and how much do they trust him playing a full yeah. slate of snaps? Because Mike Edwards has allowed every now and then he allows the big home run play that the Bucs never every time they play up. the Rams, and that's it. Yeah, every time they play the Rams, <laughs> but you know what? I'm yeah. kind of okay with that. I can live with it for what he brings in terms yes. of taking the ball away and getting those interceptions. I'm fine with you know going all out, and if it burns you every now and then, fine. That's yeah, why you have I a think top both, tier offense. Both big plays were communication issues, in my opinion. Like I don't think yeah, he fully uh, like they've called him. Todd Bowles called him the most cerebral dude on our defense. Like that's not a dumb player. That's a, you know, if, if there's a yeah. mental mistake happens on the field for a guy like that, it's probably not going to be reoccurring. And we've seen it with him. It's very, it just happened to, to occur in both times against the Rams, obviously in big moments. Um, but other than that, he hasn't given up like a play all season and he played more this year and he was unbelievable last year. He is so interesting. Mike Edwards, is one of the most interesting players in the league because all he does is produce and he hardly ever is a negatively graded or, or a negative presence out on the field. Even but the he tackles get on improved the a ton, but he's never really been a full-time player. Like his first year they drafted him and then they were like, Oh yeah, you're going to play with, and so is Andrew Adams. And so is Jordan Whitehead. We're going to play like all three of you. And so he shared the role. And then last year he barely played in the regular season, like 180 yeah. snaps. It was crazy how little he played uh, in the regular season. Then this past year he played a lot because of injuries, but it was all kinds of different roles, right? He's in the slot for some full games. Mm -hmm. He was back at safety at other games. Like he was playing in the box more other games. Like he was just all over. Great utility piece. Have no idea what he's going to cost. If, you know, the picks that he gets, it's almost impossible to play not as a full-time player and continue <laughs> to produce picks the way that he has last two years. So if they drop off next year and he hits the market, is it a, is it a one-year, two-year deal back to the Bucks to compete to start for four or five mil a year? Like, that's the possibility. That's what we could be talking about with Mike Edwards. Or he could have a start a full season if Whitehead's gone and he could have six picks playing more and then he could be the hottest name on the market. Um, but here's the thing. He's not going to get any faster and he's not going to get any bigger. You're always having those two limitations with him. Said it a little bit on the show yesterday. Whitehead is a little bit better of an athlete than Edwards, but more than anything, he's just incredibly instinctive around the box and he's extremely physical, crazy physical. Mm -hmm. And Edwards isn't soft. I'm not saying that, but he's not at Whitehead in terms of the way that he plays. So, I don't think the Bucs see Edwards as a, as a box safety. So you rule that out, and then you look at free safety, and I don't think they want him there full time. So where's his fit? I don't know that he's a man-covered slot corner, but he's great in underneath zones, and they're a zone-heavy team. He's just a – again, it's a, not a player that can necessarily do it all, which brings us back to the question of how do they view the safety room? <laughs> and is Winfield the guy that – that's our chess piece, but we need to free him up, and other guys – are kind of what they are. Whitehead's best in the box. Edwards is best in this roving kind of versatile role as a third safety where you play him off of whatever else you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to free up Winfield, you play Edwards a free safety and you blitz. You know, if you're trying to, if you need to take out somebody in the slot and Winfield can do it, you play Edwards a free safety. He's a great piece to have, but not a piece you want out there for 70 snaps a game. So you have to figure out what you want at the safety position first, which is what makes this so interesting. We're hitting the free agency market. I mean, you were having a guy like Marcus May, you know, People are going to think about Winfield down the road. What's he going to make, right? Well, there's a lot of options with Winfield, but he's back 2022 and 2023. You don't have to think about paying Winfield for a little bit of time. Yeah, I would. I would not let that stop me from paying Jordan Whitehead six or seven mil a year because by the time Whitehead's going to be two more years by the time, so Whitehead's last year of his deal, which probably you're going to make the second year of Whitehead's deal the way their cap is right now the heaviest hit for the box and you can 
maybe even get out of his deal. I mean, that's not a lot. There's going to be very little dead money. If you wanted to get out of Whitehead's deal for whatever reason in his third year, you probably could do it. Again, Whitehead's deal is, shouldn't stop you from doing anything with Winfrey right. because he's not he's not going to make 13 mil like Jesse Bay. And I think it's important to remember too, John, that the cap is going to keep going up and up each season. Right. So, you right. know, if you even pay a little bit more this season, it's not going to hurt you in a year or two from now, which is the 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 way that Anton Winfield Jr. is going. I mean, I think he's going to be here for over a decade. I would almost think about next season trying to come up with an extension or mm-hmm. something like that. But Get him now. Zero. Get them, yeah, exactly. Do exactly what they did with Vita Vea because the way the cap's going yeah. higher and higher, he's going to want more money. Like, you might as well get him now if you know, if you're mm-hmm. confident enough that you know he's going to be the future. If he's not already a star, he's very close to it, but the future yeah. of the Bucks defense. And I think he already is. I think you do too. So I do, yeah. And he's going to be one that changes the, the pay structure. Like, in, as the cap increases, obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to be one that's more in the range of what we're talking about for Marcus Williams. Like, if Marcus Williams hits the market, PFF hasn't projected four years, 16 mil per year. That's going to be more in the range of what we're talking about Winfield. But there's other options. Whitehead could go in the last year of his deal and they could just tag Winfield. Like they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of free agents at that point in time. So they could just tag him right now. Um, and they could pay him right now. It's 12, a little over 12 mil, I think, per year on the tag. It'll be higher at that point, but so will the cap. So you're still probably paying him less for that one year. So they could tag him and work out a long-term deal after, structure the deal lots of different ways. So there's still a lot of flexibility to it. But all, all that to say, if you have the best run-stopping safety in the NFL, in the conversation for that, and he's young and he's an improving player for you that is certainly not a liability in the other ways you do things, that's the type of player I believe you need to prioritize this offseason. Like If you can keep a guy like that, a guy like Jordan Whitehead, in the picture for your team, you're going to have to win with defense and you're going to have to win with skill players next year. Like That's reality. And maybe beyond yeah. if you can't get a top quarterback. So if that's the plan with Bruce Aarons AJ, like then – Bring then get your defense back, for example. Like you're already gonna have some retirements and some old guys you can't bring back. Get your guys that you can back. Get Carlton Davis and Jordan Whitehead back. This is the first time the Bucks have had to worry about paying people in the secondary, Matt. They drafted their whole secondary and everybody's exactly. been playing on rookie contracts this whole time. That's I know it's reasons it why they've yeah, they've been I able mean, to do everything else they've been done doing. That's what everyone now always they have says. To pay. Everyone always says you build through the draft, you know, you, yeah. you develop these players. And that's all 100% true, <laughs> but the only downside is when you make all these great draft picks with Jason Light is done, eventually they all become free agents, and because of the way the salary cap is, you can only re-sign so many right. of these players. So it's, yeah. and, and it, it's a is, crazy cycle, yeah. really, when you think about it. It is, and it does get to a point with some position groups. You talked about it with offensive line. You do not want to be paying this many offensive linemen eight figures every per year, mm-hmm. and now the Bucs are doing that with Ali Marpet. They're doing that with Donovan Smith. And they're doing it with Ryan Jensen, and now Jensen's a free agent. Do you want to pay Jensen? First of all, it's different than Whitehead because Jensen's hits bigger, and you've already poured resources into two of the guys on your team, and Werfs is coming up at some point. So how many years is Jensen going to be? Will Werfs run into that? That could be a conversation if it happens. But more than anything, you have two guys who are running into it right now in terms of cap space with Marpet and with Smith. So that's something to consider and something to consider with Kappa too. With Whitehead, it just isn't true. They're not putting anything financially right now into the secondary. Even if they do with Carlton Davis, you can afford to put in six mil a year. If it was 10 mil a year for Whitehead, oh, maybe a different story. But if it's six, seven million a year for Whitehead and his contract is going to be up by the time you have to really pay Winfield, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? Like it, it still doesn't <laughs> matter. You still got Winfield around and you're probably not paying Murphy bunting and you're probably not paying Edwards to be honest, anything significant um, if that's what he demands. So when, it, when the time comes, cause you haven't trusted him as a full-time player, basically this whole time. So th- those guys are probably going to be one contract guys or, or for what Edwards, I could see him coming back on short deal for, for cheap um, to continue to thrive in that role. But the guy only got a guy you're gonna have to think about it with it's on the roster now is Dean and, and have to evaluate that after the season. But, Again, you can't let that stop you. From, you don't know if Dean's going to be good. You know Whitehead's good, and you know right. he's ascending. Every year, players progress and regress. Right. And contract years sometimes bring the best out of players, which I think is always really fun to watch. I, I want to get to the Super Chat here. Shout out, Lawrence. Yeah, uh, I, by the way, I bet people did not think we could go about 24 minutes there on, on Jordan Whitehead's. We haven't even gotten to Andrew Adams yet, man. <laughs> we <laughs> haven't. We haven't even gotten. That was good. Yeah. Uh, are you, is this the one you're shouting out, Lawrence? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Uh, 2022 mock first round tight end, second nickel corner or safety, third wide receiver slot blocking, fourth edge Max Crosby, who's 
already in the league. Uh, was a, Oh, Max Crosby was a fourth round. I should have kept reading. Oh, okay. Uh, fifth running back pass catching, seventh running back pass catching. So he wants to flood the running back position, which I'm not necessarily against since technically only one guy's under contract to begin with. Um, Lawrence going all in with the mock draft here. Wow. I've, I've got to take a second. For, he doesn't give us names. So. Right. I don't know I'm, about a tight end in the first, but I don't know if I do it. I'm, I'm only dropping a tight end in the first if it's a special player. That's that's yeah. how I see it. I got to scout these guys still, but I saw the top guys in Mobile, and there were some good players, but I don't know if I saw a special player. Um, so I wouldn't take a tight end early if it's a special unless it's a special player. Um, I because agree I just with feel the, like yeah, after I, the I first top five guys, everybody's kind of the same. Right. I, <laughs> you know, I don't agree huge. with the tight end in the first, but I, I for the rest of it, I, I'm pretty much down with your thought process. Like they should get a corner early to address uh, you know, the, yeah. the I'm down with running back and edge on day three for sure. Yeah. And the, they need a third wide receiver. They yes. obviously, they want receivers that can block clearly. Flip, I think the most important flip things, wide so. receiver and tight end for Lawrence. That's what I would do. Yeah. But I, all I, right. I'm all in on wide receiver in the first round, because I think there's a really good chance that a fit for the box is still a good player on the board at 27. Like, I think that that's very possible. And I think, I think we saw too, John, just how important the third wide receiver yeah. is specifically for this box offense, yep. because wrote it was an today. uphill battle once AB wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Wrote about today over at PeterReport.com. Yes, you you check, check it out. It out. Yeah. yeah. Talked about some check draft prospects and some free agents who could make sense. I would like to get two guys this offseason from the box. Maybe it's two in the draft, one cheap and free agency. Um, one, you know, but I want to give, I want options if I'm the box at wide receiver, because again, you're going to have to, the likelihood of finding a tight end. That's a baller like that is just slim. Um, there's only a couple really good ones in the league. After that, the position honestly runs together for about 25 guys. Like it's that, you know, it's just, you're not going to get a huge drop off. Um, if you're paying somebody just hardly any money to play tight end. And so, um, that's something I think you're probably not going to get a game changer at running back and looking at who's available and looking at the draft um, in terms of pass catching running back. So yeah, load up at wide receiver, get as talented there as possible and help that quarterback wherever he comes. So appreciate that super chat. It's good stuff. Um, Thank you very Elliot, much. Elliot asked to the Bucks, just not view Edwards as a starting safety. It's a good question, Elliot. Um, there's clearly reservation from the Bucks about how they view Edwards. Anybody with that kind of production, if you think his ceiling sky high, yeah. he'd, he'd be playing all the time. Um, <laughs> The, the reality is they know that he's not that fast and they know that he's not that uh, athletic and, and not that big. Um, and so he is one of the most instinctive players on the team. It's kind of, he's just very defined in terms of what he is. I don't think his active athleticism shows up that much, to be honest. Uh, but I understand that it's the concern for them and they're not as versatile because they don't think he's a man coverage guy, but he had some good man coverage reps this season. I do think he's winning him over. I don't know whether he's a starting full-time safety yet for like, you know, do you want to roll into the season with him as your guy? I just, I love when they go three safety and have all of them on the field. So I'd love to see Whitehead back, but. Yeah, it's one of their best positions uh, on the whole roster. So right. I'm all it, for it, you know? Yeah. And if it were expensive, I would, I would balk at it. But and if the, and if there were other parts, like right now, if Brady was coming back, I would say, all right, get Jensen back in here, get a third wide, get Juju Smith shoes during free agency. Yeah you know, on a one-year deal, like to prove it and then get them back out there in free agency the next year, you know, I would prioritize things differently. And I would say at that point, you know, just you're going to score points on offense, prioritize the offensive side of the ball, get your guys back, get a number three, number four wide receiver. If at Whitehead has to walk, he has to walk. Like that's, you know, you, you roll with Edwards and you, so just, be it. you, you yeah. back on scoring points. But because it's not, and because their window to win is probably looking more like 2023, 2024 in terms of championship, I would prioritize younger players now and players players that you believe can be key pieces for you in that point in time. Um, and you know, Whitehead for his cost, I think qualifies for that. So anyway, that's that's kind of some of the thoughts. And and Charlie's it's honestly a fair point by Charlie. I think everybody knows Cap is not as good as Jensen, but he's 27 and Jensen is gonna be 31 here in a couple of months. And he's played through some injuries, obviously, the last couple of years. Like we we know that. So what point is the body breakdown for a guy like him and cap is younger and you know, cap hit won't be as big as Jensen's either. Jensen could make up to 12, 13 based on people I've talked to per year. And at 31, you do not want to be paying 12 to 13 mil for a center. And I love Jensen to death. It's just not a good financial decision, especially when you have cap tied up in other players for the bucks. So if you bring him back and you're the bucks, you're going to have to get him to take basically what he's taking now. And even then I'd be, 
I love Jensen, dude, but I just don't know. <laughs> I, I think we all love, we all love Jensen. Again, what he br- the attitude that he brings to the team and, and the energy. I'm just curious, like how much the Bucks coaching staff. It's not exactly the same situation with Whitehead and, and Mike Edwards, but like I'm just curious how much they trust Robert Hainsey, who would most likely step into starting center unless they went free agency and got right. a a much more inexpensive center. But you know, you're talking about a second year guy stepping into that role. It's a big responsibility, but you know that's that's what this offseason right. is all about playing yeah. uh, playing all the different scenarios and seeing right. where you land. I mean, with Whitehead, it's not. I mean, Von Bell was signed two years ago to a contract, and he signed for three years, eighteen million. And they're pretty similar players. They played about the same amount. They have about the same limitations. They're both really good around the box, really good underneath. Um. I the set market for safety hasn't gone up that much. I, I think you're going to get him for about six, six and a half. I, I do think that's in the cards for him, especially with this safety market being as good as it is. Teams are going to prioritize other guys. I, I really believe that. So um, it's very possible if the Bucks value him that way. Uh, let's get to this super chat here from Lawrence, Lawrence again. again. Lawrence is coming up clutch today. With yeah, let's go. Super chats. <laughs> Bucks GM history draft in the secondary and put veterans in the front seven. I think he will fix the D line and free agency. I can see us drafting a safety due to the white hit injury history. Yeah, this transitions us a little bit, right? To the safety board and the draft and, and what the possibilities mm. are there for the Bucks. Um, always an interesting position when you're talking safeties and safety rankings because n- safeties are not all the same, right? Not in terms of ability, no. just the role. It could be totally different, right? If you're looking for a free safety, you wouldn't look at Jordan Whitehead at all if you're a single high heavy team, but you would look at you know, somebody who's worse than Jordan White as a player. I'm thinking like uh, Justin Reed or, or Trey Boston or somebody like you look at them, you know, but you wouldn't even look at a safety who's going to be higher up a ranking um, because it's about the fit. Right. So obviously Cal Hamilton will be off the board, but you know, Lewis um, Cine, I don't know if you know if I'm saying his last name, right. Right. Now, think about it. Of course I had all day to prep for this pod and didn't, feel that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but the Georgia safety um, really played, Every time I watch Georgia, he popped on tape. Big physical dude, 6'1, 200 pounds. Um, I think he's, you know, he's one of the best tacklers in the class, and he's been really assignment sound for them. And you know, there's possibilities in turn. They could go, you know, in, in the in the early stages of the draft too. You know, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State is one of my favorite players that I that I've watched. A very physical player, you know, bigger would be, you know, the Bucks have not gone very big at safety kirby joseph from syracuse is another one that's bigger it's not a great safety class for sure but there are some box types those types typically are not valued super high they fall down the board um and so there are guys who could fill a strong safety role for you but not many guys who could be this is going to be your free safety antoine winfield can play close to the line of scrimmage now or they're more interchangeable at least right i don't know if there's a lot of guys like that in the draft so it just depends what you're looking for what do you think of uh, – and Scott and I spoke about him a little bit on Tuesday's show, but Jalen Petrie was a guy at the Senior Bowl that I thought just – I mean, in the game he did well, but it's clearly more important about the practices. I thought he had extremely tight coverage, mostly mm-hmm. in those one-on-one drills, and um, they have him ranked as like a, a fourth-round pick, but he was one of the guys that stood out to me. I'm just curious get your thoughts on that. Yeah, he's a very interesting player because he didn't come in that big, right? Was he 5'10"? He's listed at six foot, but I think at the senior right. bowl he was 5'10", maybe? Yeah, let me, let me like check that. real quick here uh, for Petrie. He was at the senior bowl. There's the other Baylor guy. 5'10", 196. So he's he's pretty thick, but he's like more Jordan Whitehead size. The big difference is that Petrie plays almost all of his snaps in the slot for Baylor. If you look this past year, 601 snaps in the slot. So he's basically a nickel corner for, for Baylor. Um, and he did play some in the box, 122 snaps in the box, 153 on the D line, like as an overhang player. So very unique role, tons of tackles for loss. If you're looking to just say, we're going to replace Whitehead, but with a guy who can play more in the slot and you don't care about size, I like it. I'm just not sure the Bucks are ready to do that. He's not their prototype, you know, because he's not just a pure safety. He'd be right. their nickel corner too. So you would probably still want two safeties out there. I'm imagining he just hardly ever played deep coverage. I mean, deep 14 snaps last year. He was back deep and two the year before and none in 2019. So you're talking about a player who just doesn't play deep at all. He's just not even a safety and like you couldn't rotate him. You couldn't do anything like that. You do that. White, it still plays a lot of snaps as a deep safety. So 
mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a whitehead replacement so much as it would be this is the guy that's going to push Sean Murphy bunting for a nickel slots. So that's how I see Petrie right now, especially after his weigh-in and being smaller. I think that's how teams are going to see him as a as a nickel corner, probably in his own heavy scheme. So there's some fits. It just would be a different role than Whitehead, in my opinion. Uh, there's another guy that's pretty popular. Um, Scott had him in his first mock draft, I believe, and that's Smoke Monday. I don't even know how much of a fit he is. I just that's a great football name. I would love it if he came to Tampa for like all of the sayings and memes and everything that you can just do or different, different you can have fun yeah. on the social media. Posts. Yeah. All the social media stuff you could do with smoke Monday, but he's a guy again, when I talk about whitehead with like energy and impact and like swagger, I think smoke Monday kind of fits that type of uh, situation. That's clearly not why a team would draft anyone, but I just wanted to give a shout out to smoke Monday and he's an Auburn guy and the bucks obviously right. have a lot of guys from yeah. Auburn. That's true. (laughs) Defensively, they're definitely looking at Auburn and LSU and some of those SEC places. Um, Interesting, uh, though, just about the Auburn guys in general. We talked about this yesterday, Scott and I did, when it came to Roger McCreary. But Roger McCreary, if you remember Trevor telling us maybe this at the Senior Bowl, but he did not play zone coverage ever at Auburn. Like there was, he just didn't do it at all. So when he did it at Senior Bowl practices, he was like, this is totally new for me. I'm going to look horrible at the Senior Bowl. Like that was kind of the thought process with him. So, interesting there because the bucks obviously play a lot of zone doesn't mean they wouldn't take anybody it just means it's something that to keep in mind uh if they drafted that position now having said that i'm trying to check smoke monday here a little bit um because i'm trying to remember did he play in the nickel two for them or was he mostly a deep i think he was mostly a deep safety so the the change wouldn't be as big he played a little bit everywhere Uh, about 200 snaps in the slot 252 in the box 293 deep so he is he was, at least in college, very versatile, and we'll see what happens in the NFL. But he's listed 6'3", 200, so a bigger safety for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll have to watch his tape. I have not watched any of Smoke Monday. Right. So, but, yeah, first-round name, no question about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lots of questions about Robert Hainsey. We're going to get these all offseason. There's no way we can know what Hainsey's ready to roll, just like we don't know about Kyle Trask. We, we ask the team. We get feedback. It's always positive. That's how most teams are going to be. <laughs> no players player has ask. ever done anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Players <laughs> we like ask. First, second year player. Robert Ainsey gets rave reviews from everybody of the players. And, and we saw it at camp. I mean, when he came back, like when he was, couldn't be out there for a while, when he was missing some time injured at camp, he was, I mean, like he was doing his own pass sets on the side, doing every physical thing he possibly could do. Then he was back in practice and he would run sprints behind the plays when he wasn't in the lineup for a play, when they were rotating first, second, third team. He would run sprints behind the line. I don't think I've ever seen a player do that in NFL practice. And then he, every play he'd come out and he'd just run sprints or, or or jog back and forth at the very least if it was toward the end of practice. And then and remember the preseason game. He's like over there asking Brady, let's get extra snaps in. Like yeah, in the yeah, they were you know doing what I mean? Like, he's definitely yeah. a high effort guy. He's a grinder. To, and yeah. yeah, and trying to make the most of any opportunity that he was in, as you just mentioned, because he missed a lot of time. So mm. he's definitely got his head in the right place, but it's just a matter of seeing it on the field. And again, because we didn't, we don't see it in practice. We don't see it in games and even in training camp because he was out for so long. He's probably one of the guys that we have like the least amount of uh, like notes and stuff that we can go off of than anyone yeah. else that was a rookie this year. Right, for sure. No, no question. It's weird. Um, Elliot says, would you favor re-signing Whitehead, moving Winfield full-time to the nickel, uh, free safety and base, and then Edwards as the free safety? You know, you're playing about 70% of snaps, and I, check me on that. Maybe less this year. I you, I don't think so, though, because how teams play the Bucs, but um, probably about 70% of snaps. And so you're basically talking about Winfield being a nickel, period, if you did this there's just too many unknowns here for me like to say yes this is what i would do you know certain matchups i we just have barely seen winfield in, in man coverage we knew in college that he did it some but even then he was mostly a free safety so i would love to have the flexibility to move him around for 10 to 15 snaps a game and maybe they have that against certain matchups but not against every matchup and teams would start taking advantage of it if the bucks did it more because they would look to attack edwards a little bit more conceptually i think so i would love more flexibility with winfield i'm not sure if edwards gives it to you or not and i'm not sure what you would lose if you lost whitehead in terms of run defense because he clearly makes a big difference so and and in basketball i mean he's a very he's just a good player um 
So I would be fine rolling with this Elliot and then just you know, having change it up and have Winfield roll down a little bit more this upcoming year. But I don't see either of the other guys as true, you know, close to full-time 70% of the game free safeties, to be honest with you. But I just like I mean, Winfield so much at his position. It's like, why, why tempt fate? Like just, he's so good at what he does. I, I don't think they need to move him out. Like so much yeah. again, a lot of it depends on who's here and who's not. But mm. yeah, if you want to move him around sporadically, yeah, I'm all for it. But you know, right. let's the guy's a stud at what he does. Let's oh, let's not sign. Okay, thank you. Lewis sign is the Georgia safety. Thank you, DJs all day. Um, DSJ all day. Uh produ- pronounced sign um is uh how you say his last name. So um interesting. Uh somebody asked, is uh safety the best drafted position group from Jason Light, or is there another one? That's pretty far up there because Evans, if he hadn't gotten hurt, would have been yeah. Uh, I mean, he's pretty uh, much drafted four good safeties. Yeah, that one that one was really unfortunate. Yeah. Just I'm Justin Evans, think. like he played so well. He had the interception yeah. against the Steelers in that yeah. game. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, but Charlie's with you, Matt. Uh, don't move Winfield around too much. Charlie. Yeah, I definitely Chuck. see that one both ways for sure. Chuck, <laughs> letting him, <laughs> letting you hear about it. But uh, Matt, uh, speaking of things that we love, which obviously is uh, Jason Light's draft history at, Bucks, at drafting Buck safeties, uh, we also love our friends over at Pin Chasers and the opportunities that they provide people for bowling, food, and fun at their three locations. Tell the people about what they can get at Pin Chasers. That's right. One of the things that I personally love about Pin Chasers, other than winning, I really enjoy doing that when I'm bowling at Pin Chasers, but I love the fact that they have different deals every single night. may have heard it before. Uh, All-you-can-eat pizza on Tuesdays starting after 9 p.m. All-you-can-bowl on Thursdays starting after 9 p.m. $1 Miller Lights. You can go... Have some Miller Lights. Watch the Winter Olympics. Team USA Hockey won this morning. They play Canada tomorrow early. You won't be able to get the $1 Miller Lights then, but you could talk about it with your friends later on after America beats Canada in hockey. Um, There's multiple different locations, too. So if you're not in the Tampa area, you can go to East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, multiple different spots. Great deals, great food. They bring it right out to your lane. You don't have to keep getting up and going. They'll come to you, which is great. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party for you and your friends and family. That's pinchasers.net. Great stuff from our friends at Pinchasers. Okay, Matt, uh, that kind of solidifies our thoughts if people are in here on the safety position and where the buck should be at going to the offseason. I think I'd be fine with rolling with their current safeties the only thing that would make me and re-signing Whitehead, the only thing that would make me shake it up is if you had the chance to get Marcus May and you felt like his health checked out. And, you know, I, w- I would love to get him on like a two-year deal. There's more flexibility too with the cap if you can yeah. push some money to next year and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think you're breaking the bank either way. And he does give you more flexibility because he can move around a little bit too. Um, somebody like that, you know, in that vein, he's not necessarily the only one. I'm trying to think there's uh, – couple other guys too that you could get that would give you more flexibility i don't know what quandary Diggs market uh would be you know but he's another guy he's gonna play mostly free safety so you could move winfield and have you know basically two guys that could do different things but um those would be guys that i'd be excited about um that would fit the buck scheme i think um and wouldn't break the bank much more than you know whitehead would be and, and potentially shorter deals so um all those things could be interesting for the bucks but that's kind of how i see it right now we appreciate everybody jumping in here Give us a thumbs up if you could in the yeah. time on the way out. I uh, forgot give, to mention that. I was yeah. thinking that earlier. Yeah. I should have put give it. Us, yeah, give us now. the thumbs up if you could. Yeah, so do it now. Yeah, you could get to it now. Better late um, than and, never. <clears throat> right. And here's another thing. If you're looking to donate some money to help out Pewter Report, we would greatly appreciate it. PewterReport.com backslash donation. This money, if you give it to Pewter Report, is going to go right into the podcast, uh, the equipment that we've got, the cameras we've got, the lights we've got. Also, our travel expenses, we're going to the Combine. Uh, it helps greatly with those things as well. It helps greatly with being able to upgrade and pay staff more as well. Um, so all of those things are kind of what the the uh, the donations go to. And the other last part of it is creating more content and justifying time spending on more content for the YouTube channel, including what I'm starting next week. Uh, I didn't know my voice had it. My voice rebounded today, but yesterday I was coughing a lot on the show. <laughs> I didn't know if I had it this week. Uh, I didn't want to run out of steam with my voice. But next week, I'm starting to do live shows on the Pewter Report channel, watching prospects. So if you want to jump in here during the day and listen to me live, kind of break down draft prospects and watch them, um, I'm going to be doing that on the Pewter Report channel. 
for everybody to kind of come in and watch and, and listen to next week. So it'll, it'll be some fun. I'll take some questions about people, but mainly you'll just hear me talk about some stuff that I'm watching while, while I scout prospects that I think could be good fits uh, for the Bucks. So uh, it should be fun stuff for sure. So uh, those are all the things that the resources go to, to making those things good, software needed to do those things well, all of that stuff. So if you're looking to donate, we greatly appreciate it. PewterReport.com backslash donation. We can keep building and expanding the, the stuff that we do only because of y'all, because of y'all listening, watching, and donating. Those are the things that make it possible. So we do greatly appreciate y'all. No question about that. Um, yeah, and John, I, I just want to say too, uh, yes, we, we appreciate you guys reading our stuff, watching, listening. If you guys ever have any suggestions, things you want to mm -hmm. see on the show or different ideas, like maybe you want to see behind the scenes stuff from like our senior bowl trip or upcoming trip to the combine. Uh, if you're interested in like box trivia or just any ideas or things you want to see for the show, please let us know because, you know, we're here covering the box. We want to bring you the best coverage and mostly to be entertained as well too so mm -hmm. please if you ever have any suggestions hit us up comment here email us tweet at yeah. us um because you know we love you guys we love the fans and we want you guys to enjoy it as much as we do so uh right. never be afraid to come out with a suggestion or anything yeah. along those lines so we appreciate yeah. all your support john at pewterreport.com and matt at pewterreport.com emails you can send uh, any suggestions and ideas to or if you're on social media just hit us up there as well uh, we'll try to get to them eventually if we can too. So um, long lost Glazer says, I want to see people <laughs> yeah, talking I just, I was just clicking with on their that. hands more. Thanks, Matt, man of the people. That's Thank right. you. I appreciate like, you. Italian, right? like, how I, you doing? <laughs> I love it. Uh, Charlie says, SR must be a cool boss. Yeah, he's the best. He looks extremely cool boss. Stuff, right? Very, very cool boss. But hey, we get to, we're doing whatever we want on today's show because he ain't on here. So <laughs> right now we want us, <laughs> we're, we're done. We're signing off for the week. Go back and listen this past week though. We did, the interior defensive line, the edge defenders, the linebackers, uh, the off-ball linebackers, the corners and the safeties, off-season outlooks for all of those position groups. So we talked in depth about the current group on the Bucks, the short and long-term future of the current group on the Bucks, potential fits in free agency at those position groups, and potential fits in the early rounds of the draft at those position groups. So check all of that stuff out. Uh, if you're looking for that stuff over the last week of shows next week, we'll be back. We're doing the offensive side next week. Then the week after that, oh, yeah. it's combine time. We get ready for the combine and the prospects. The bucks are going to be looking at there. So we're excited for it. We know this is the lull time of the year. We appreciate y'all jumping in with us for another edition of the pewter report podcast out. I hope everyone hits their boxes and their prop bets for the super bowl. God bless. Peace.